0: Thank you for listening to the Conformed to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones. Hopefully, you're having a great Tuesday. I'm here with George Mays, ready for text-driven Tuesday. Talk about the end of Second Peter. You have a sense of accomplishment, George. Phil? <laughs> yeah, something else <laughs> has come to
1: a conclusion. I told uh, I told our community group I've got a uh, I've got allergies so. Yeah. If I really get low. It's <laughs> my radio vo- <laughs> my radio voice. I, I told our community group uh yesterday or yeah, uh Sunday afternoon that I'm just preaching circles around you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have a party when the, I finish John. This is the fourth this is the fourth book that I finished since the merge. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what sermon we're on in John, the Gospel of John. I have to look. It's over 100. Really? I w- I would guess, yeah. Oh. Wow. It it'll pick up in uh, seventeen was slow yeah eighteen and nineteen they do them both together it'll, it's start, it's going to start picking up right for the next few chapters yeah so. once
1: you get into narrative it will start to because you can't I mean I guess you could really break it down but
0: let me tell you the particulars about this trial right <laughs> yeah I, I don't think I can break it down yeah. that way and
1: yeah it'll start to speed up a little bit of course when I so. start when I get in the Hebrews. We'll be there for a while.
0: Yeah, then you're gonna slow down big time. Yep, yep. So I don't know what I'll, what I'll do with myself after I get done with John, man. Just start over again. I don't even know. Oh, really? <laughs> Just go to I, First John. What do I do? How do I live life without studying this book? <laughs> it's gonna be so strange. So yeah, uh, your voice yesterday, a couple of times, it sounded like. We put you in point five mode, you know, where you slow down and your voice gets <laughs> I was like, whoa. But it was uh
1: So Saturday, Saturday I started to feel like I, I do when allergies are starting to to pick up on me. And then I woke up Sunday morning and my throat was sore and deep deep voice and uh my head was just it was heavy. I was tired. It's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, I just got to get through. So I had Sunday school, and then I preached, and then we had community group. So just for yeah, like three hours, um, just trying to. And that'll drain you big time. Just
0: trying to focus. Did you sleep all afternoon?
1: No, no. It was it was uh, my wife's birthday, so
0: <laughs> no rest. <laughs> Maybe you can go after didn't, this. You can go home and get want, some rest no, I've yours. got
1: I've got all day training today and tomorrow for uh, homeschool stuff. <laughs> so, well, so I'll I'll be in class as soon as we end. I got to go until four thirty today and <laughs> tomorrow.
0: You can get some rest tomorrow.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. It's Oklahoma,
0: land of wind and allergies.
1: You think that you'd get used to it, but you don't. <laughs> Every year, every year. Yep.
0: Remember when I we moved here when I was a little kid back here from the because uh, my dad was in the army and I started having bad like bad allergies and asthma yeah. and the remember the doctor telling them you moved to one of the worst places <laughs> right. in the whole country yeah. for, for allergies and that's right I mean I can go to other places and nothing
1: you know where number one is don't you where Louisville Kentucky is it really yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Ohio Valley Place where it used to be the Ohio Valley. Is, I'll tell uh, you the land of one. no
0: allergies. Take a little deployment to Iraq. Those allergies would go away real quick, George. <laughs> There's nothing. It's just yeah. dry. No yeah. allergies ever, uh-huh. ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll have sand all over everything. Right.
1: It's quite the trade-off. That's quite I the I'll trade-off. Of, I'll have to think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pretty sunset, though. Yeah. South of Kirkuk, Iraq. Some of the prettiest I've ever seen. Really? Maybe it's all the burning oil that is <laughs> there in the is. atmosphere. <laughs> there it
1: is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: all the burning oil and garbage. Yeah. Creates beautiful sunset.
1: Well
0: <laughs> it's got that going for
1: it, I guess. Yeah.
0: Well let's jump let's jump into text driven Tuesday. How about that? All right. The end of Peter. Yeah. Um, let's have you read Second Peter three. And uh, starting in 14, I guess, just read that final section. So if you're reading along in your Bible, it probably says something like final words. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll go there, and then we'll move through. You have four points here, uh, four points. And they're really uh, four points he's already brought up. Yeah, and it's, he's a, yeah, gonna it's re- a summary. He's going to remind you. So we'll, we won't spend a tremendous amount of time in these points, because we've already talked about them at length, yeah, but the, we will the, spend some time.
1: I mean, this this is what he does in First Peter too, when you when you get to the the end of First Peter, he just brings up the same themes over again. Yeah. So the the apostles they're telling you, and then they tell you again, right? And then they tell you a final time. I, I mean, they're just they're just reiterating the same things, and that goes along with what what Peter's whole point is. So the whole purpose is, I know I'm about to die. As long as I'm still in this body, I'm going to stir you up by way of reminder. Yeah. And so he's, what do you do when you stir, <laughs> you? You just are doing the same motion, right? right? And that's what he's doing. He's going through the same motion, stirring them up and stirring them up again, and then stirring them up a final time.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a good teaching method. Yeah, that's why usually at the end of the sermon you bring back the same words. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell them again. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's jump in here.
1: Okay. Verse fourteen. Therefore, beloved. Since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, Knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. All right. I can't imagine what this is going to sound like if you actually slow down Uh, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah it yeah. will probably drop thinking, to it'll okay. probably drop below a decibel that you yeah. can you that the human ear can even You've listen to you got your adrian rogers voice oh yeah yeah that's a, that's like a that's like a plus hopefully i have better theology than he does
0: hey you know what everybody's got their thing he's yeah. still a great preacher yeah um so let's jump in here uh, first point be diligent to be found without spot or wrinkle. Where do you get wrinkle from? Where do you That's get wrinkle? Saying, no did blemish?
1: You, did you write wrinkle down in your notes?
0: No, I didn't. I don't know why I said. That. <laughs> be bil- be diligent to be found without spot or blemish, and at peace. Yeah. So uh, he's bringing it up again.
1: Mm-hmm. And right. we talked. We talked about this last week. So there's some overlap between what mm-hmm. what the sermon was last week and and what I brought up this week. Um but it's the reason I did it is because I think that a lot of Christians, they just get lax in holiness Mm -hmm. in their pursuit of purity. So there's, there is this, I, there is a strong pushback against the law. Mm -hmm. And, um, I I think it's because well we don't want to be legalists right we, we talked about this last week, but uh, again it's it's not legalism to obey <laughs> the commands of of God mm-hmm. that's not legalism God God is not he's not giving you law and then saying well don't be a legalist don't follow it right um and I think that there's this uh, there's this misunderstanding that any command all of a sudden means that you're a legalist. And that's that is not that's simply not true. That right. you, it's unavoidable that the scriptures demand something of you. Yeah. That you are Imagine you, that. You imagine. are you are you are expected to live a certain way as it, a Christian.
0: It'd be like it's like in people think, Hey, uh I can enlist in the army and not be a soldier.
1: Mm-hmm not not do like, not do what you're told. But like you never dream of that. Right.
0: Like you're enlisting, you're going to get up, you know, mm-hmm. every day for as long as you're in, right. uh, super early and go and you're going to do PT, you're going to train, you're going to be able to do these things. Mm-hmm. You and if you can't do it, then guess what? Like you're not one. Right. And so yeah, you don't you're not a, you're not enlisted under Christ and then just go and live your life however you want. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That's a challenge of doing ministry here yeah i think people don't understand that um they think i think people think oh this is an easy place to plant a church <laughs> right. anybody can plant a church in the bible belt uh-huh. anybody can have a church in the bible belt right um maybe if you don't care about actually having people that follow christ in your church yeah if you just open your doors and, and you're providing religious goods and services
1: yeah we've, we've talked about it being inoculated to the gospel yeah. They they have heard it so often it's there's just this um the 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 Christianity has kind of permeated the culture but there's no there's no change because it's been the gospel has just been assumed. Yeah. And you hear this in churches. Yeah. Where they tack on a gospel invitation without ever actually explaining what the gospel is. And so you they're they're not even inviting them to you know, they're not inviting people to anything because right. they haven't explained it. But it's because they've just assumed the gospel. Right. And when you assume the gospel, it just kind of gets lost. Right. Because the next generation has no idea what you're talking about. Um, when you say repent and trust in Jesus, what what does that even mean? Yeah. And, and ask ask Jesus into your heart. What what does, what does that even mean?
0: Yeah, and then and then to live as a Christian, people right. are really confused. Yeah, like because uh, everyone, I mean, the, people just live like the world here, right. and they carry the label as Christian, mm-hmm. and um, so it's a challenge. But it's becoming more. I think there's becoming more of a distinction as as time is going on. Yeah, but it's still there. It's still the big challenge. And that's what that's what we're called to do is to pursue this holiness mm-hmm. that's, and that's what we get yeah, it pursue holiness actively actively be pursuing sanctification
1: right be diligent yeah. make every effort is how it's translated in in chapter one uh, verse five. make every effort to do this. It's the same word be diligent, be diligent to put put effort into it put <laughs> right. put energy into it. and I think that a lot of people think you're just going to fall into holiness. <laughs> you don't fall into holiness. You, right. you fall just naturally into worldliness. Yes. Um. You you have to make effort to pursue Christ.
0: Yeah. Did you uh, do you remember that little video Steve Lawson created for uh, Drake? Because Steve Lawson played. Oh, yeah. He played uh-huh. Division one football. Yeah, yeah. And he knew like Drake uh, played football, yeah. so I record a video of him. He's mm-hmm. like, I want to encourage you to at least like pump. I, they don't use I pump iron. I don't think the kids say that anymore. But he's like, you need to pump iron in the Word. Mm. You need to pursue. God and I mean of course that an athlete can understand this easily yeah because every day they've got to be training mm-hmm. or they fall behind right you you don't you don't you know your muscles will atrophy the mm-hmm. second you stop working out yeah. it's the same in the Christian life yeah you're gonna go you're you're not gonna even stay where you are you're going to go backwards right so every day is pursuing you've mm-hmm. got to be pursuing it's interesting the Christian life because God pursues us and yet we then we find that uh, we're pursuing him too. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, yeah, and it's very it's active active important
1: thing. for us to make the distinction that this is not. We're talking to Christians. We're mm-hmm. talking to people who are already believers. Yeah. So it's not obey obey these commands and become a Christian. It's come to Christ with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> come come to Him. He'll He'll cleanse you of all your sin, all your guilt. Now you're you've been born again. Now we are called to follow Christ. Um, I think we're we're little we're we're little Christ. That's what we are. We're being conformed into His image. Right. And so if if this is who you are, then you're supposed to act a certain way.
0: One of the things that's kind of lost today, sadly, in many Baptist churches, is uh, just what's going on in baptism. Because baptism is not simply symbology. Right. Right. It, it comes from uh, the, early, the early Christians would have understood it as a sacrament mm-hmm. in the sense that it's taken from the word sacramentum. You know about this. So when you join the Roman, uh, the Roman Empire as a soldier, like, I mean, you're going to get branded. Like, you know, you've seen the brand they'd put on soldiers. But you're also going to stand publicly and take an oath of allegiance uh, to Caesar and to Rome to live and to die for them. And so the, the early Church kind of adopted that language, sacramentum, as sacrament, and baptism not only became a public symbol of, of the inward reality of regeneration and your unity with Christ in death, burial, and resurrection, but it became your public declaration, your sacrament, your sacramentum, that you are, you are now in allegiance to Christ. Yeah. And the whole world, though. That's why it's public. And then... When we would gather, we gather for the Lord's Supper, it's like you're reissuing the oath. You're Christ's, you belong to Him. And uh, we need to remember that and we need to take it seriously. Yeah. uh, We're to live in allegiance to to our King Mm. and to be pursuing uh, conformity to Christ. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Well, okay. Uh, that was good stuff. The next point: so be diligent to be found without spot or blemish, and at peace. First verse. Next, next one. Count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Mm-hmm. We talked about this one for a good while because right. people people are still prone to do it. Oh, he's never, you know, he's not coming back. <laughs> right. And this right. is what the these false teachers are doing. He, mm-hmm. He's not coming back, you know. And look how long it's been. Live however you want.
1: Yeah,
0: but that's not how we're to view that.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I view it as his patience. The reason why he hasn't come back is because he's still he's still being patient towards the world mm-hmm. so that people will come to, to faith in Christ. Yeah. And, um, I mean, un- unfortunately, the vast majority of the world is is using that patience to just ignore him and to live godless lives. But we're not to be that way. Yeah. We're, we're to view this as his patience, patience towards us, so that we'll repent. So you know that he's he's talking you know to Christians who are um, maybe being persuaded by these false teachers to live a certain way, and and he's saying, look, God's being patient with you so that you'll repent of this. So repent, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what Christians need to realize is that every day that God gives us is His patience, so that we'll repent and follow after Christ. Yeah. Um, so we need to do that. But yeah. also it's patience towards the world, and that, that ought to spur us on to evangelism.
0: Yes. And, and this so the, this theme we've talked about, but here's what's kind of a new thing that he brings up at the end, which is interesting, he brings <laughs> right. it up at, right at the end. There's some little fresh stuff for you. He says, Paul wrote about these things too. Mm-hmm. Um, our beloved brother Paul, he also wrote to you according to the wisdom of God given to him in verse 15, as he does all his letters when he speaks of these matters... So first off, like, how does Paul address this?
1: Well, I I think that the reason why Peter's bringing this up is because um, the false teachers are twisting Paul. Yeah, they're, tw- they're twisting what he's. So you've got Peter; he's he's telling the Christians to live a certain way, mm-hmm. and these false teachers they're bringing in Paul's letters, which it's interesting. Um, by the t- by, the Peter's probably writing this in the sixties. By early sixties. By this time, there apparently have been some of Paul's letters have started to be circulated widely. So Peter is aware of this That's very in it's, Rome.
0: It's very interesting to think about this, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, you're gonna bring up in a second that it's viewed these are viewed as scripture. Yeah. And I think one evidence of that is the circulation. So yeah. people may not understand in the in the during this time, it's very expensive to have a letter written. Um, you may, you you probably to copy it would have to to have a professional calligrapher. Mm-hmm. Now, not to say that they're they're not going to write anything they want. I know that I know what the skeptics are going to say. They could have written whatever they want. People people are illiterate, so they would stand and watch. But these people have very good writing, mm-hmm. and they can and they want to make sure it fits on a you know a, a scroll, and that's expensive. Yeah. And it's very costly. I can't remember the um I used to know the amount off the top of my head, but
1: it's very expensive,
0: very expensive. And so this is interesting to me because by the sixties, apparently the churches are collecting money mm-hmm. and paying to have these copied. They think they're so valuable that they need to be copied yeah. and sent to other churches. And this is how, of course, we get our New Testament, because mm-hmm. the churches would gather these and collect them all. Yeah. But this is by the 60s. I mean, this is amazing. Right. This is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, so so Peter is aware of probably not all of Paul's letters, but some of them are being circulated, uh-huh. and the false teachers are using these against Peter. Right. Now, you might think, well, this is bizarre. <laughs> that I mean, how could they do this? But Paul himself acknowledges that there are people who are twisting his words Uh already. So in Romans chapter three, verses seven and eight, he says, "Um, but if through my lie, God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I still being condemned as a sinner? And why not do evil that good may come as some people slanderously charge us with saying? Right. So Paul is preaching grace. Mm -hmm. Um, We are saved by God's grace apart from works of the law and there are false teachers who are latching on to that and they're saying well if this is true then why can't I just sin why can't I just live however I want how, why why are there any restraints on how I live if this is true right and um, and so there so Peter is is bringing Paul into the discussion because he's been saying Things about the way we're supposed to live, right? And these false teachers are probably saying, "Well, what about Paul?" And so you've got you've got the two apostles being pitted against right. each other, and yeah. so Peter is bringing up Paul because he's saying, "There's no there's no disagreement here, no disagreement." <laughs> so so really, fourteen through sixteen go together. Yeah, that therefore be be. Be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, counting the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as Paul wrote in his letters. Yeah. So the holiness and the patience of God that lead to salvation, those are things that Paul has also written about.
0: Yeah. What's interesting is how they twist twist Paul's words in order to live the lifestyle they want. (laughs) Right. We can sin and grace, and God will forgive us Mm -hmm. because of Christ. Right. Two times. This is in the past week george i've heard of this real scenario of people who they would say that they are christians and they just say i know i know i know that this isn't maybe what's right right now but i know i know jesus will forgive me hmm. yeah that is what the false teachers are doing right you don't you don't just sin
1: <laughs> so, so God, grace so will grace, abo- will, abound,
0: grace yeah. will abound later right we don't do that. There's nothing yeah. new under the sun. There, there truly isn't.
1: Oh no, not at all. Yeah, amazing. It's the same stuff is going on now. That's why it's important again that that he brings in Paul, so that we understand what he's saying about Paul mm-hmm. and what he's saying about the writings and the authority of the apostles. So I, I, I brought out. I, I think that Peter draws out four things that we can we can see in. In his discussion of Paul, that help us a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, so a little
0: substructure <clears throat> under point two. Right. Four subpoints under point two.
1: Yeah. Um, so there are some difficult things <laughs> yeah. in Paul's writings, and I love that. I mean, it's the irony is thick. Right. <laughs> I mean, go back to our our uh, go back to to First Peter chapter three, the end of chapter three, where he starts talking about Christ proclaiming to the spirits in prison uh-huh. and just think, I wonder if Paul thought said the, the same thing, thing right. <laughs> about Peter. There are some things that are difficult. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's, um, I think we could just openly acknowledge that. Like there are things that are difficult to understand in the scriptures. And there's there's a reason why there are so many different interpretations of revelation, because it's difficult. Like we don't have to, we don't have to put on a brave face and say, I understand it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the, Bab- the 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 1689 and the Westminster um, confession of faith, they both acknowledge there are some things in Scripture that are not as clear as others. Right? but 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 that's not an excuse for misinterpreting. Yeah, that's not an excuse to twist it into however you want it to to, to yeah. say whatever you want it to say.
0: Yeah, I love a little... There's a little quote by uh, Sproul, because you know Sproul is real big on the Reformation. Mm-hmm. One of the things that the Catholic Church did not want is people reading the Bible and interpreting the Bible. Right. And Sproul said, everyone is free to interpret the Bible. Mm-hmm. No one is free to misinterpret the Bible.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, That's you just, good. You can't...
0: Right. It says what it says. Everyone's free to read and interpret. No right. one's free to misinterpret.
1: Yeah. So, um, like <laughs> these these false teachers are deliberately twisting Paul. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't come away from Paul's writings, any of Paul's writings, and say that he is saying just live however you want. Yeah. <laughs> you you can't do it. Um, you look at you look at Galatians. Um, he's he's very strong on we're saved by grace. Because he's he's going after the the Judaizers. Mm-hmm. He's going after the people who say you got to follow the law of Moses in order to be saved. Yeah, and um, he's he's very clear. We're saved by grace. We're we're not saved by works of the law. But then you get to the end of the book and you've got the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> here's the here's the works of the flesh, and it's sexual immorality and and drunkenness and and sorcery and and all of these these uh, immoral things. But the fruit of the spirit is Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Yeah. Um, kind of the same stuff that Peter is writing about in chapter one <laughs> that we're supposed to be, be uh, making every effort to supplement our faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with godliness. Like, they're, they're saying the same things, right? Um, Ephesians, uh, the first half of Ephesians one, 1, 2, and 3 are all about how God has saved us by his grace. Through Christ alone, we're we're saved apart from works. We, chapter two, verses eight and nine. It's it's by grace that you've been saved uh, apart from works. Um, but then you get to the second half of Ephesians, and it's all about if you've learned if you've learned Christ, walk walk in this way. Um, your your children of God, walk as children of God, and. Uh, so avoid sexual immorality and impurity and, and covetousness and and uh, so so Paul is saying the same stuff that Peter is saying. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot you cannot um, read Paul even though there's some difficult things in Paul to understand. You would have to deliberately be twisting him to yeah. fit into your own your own. Worldview, and that's that's what these false teachers are doing. Right, that, that that goes back to chapter three, verse four, where they're deliberately overlooking these things. Yeah, like they're they are deliberately, they are intentionally twisting Paul, distorting Paul to say what they they want him to say. So just because there are difficult things in the scriptures doesn't mean that we can reinterpret stuff to 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 fit into what we <clears throat> want it to say. Yeah. So there are principles that help us to understand the difficult passages. Yeah. You it, the analogy of scripture. Uh-huh. You take the clear passages of scripture that are just plain and and simple that that anyone can read it and and come away knowing what it says, you use the clear passages to interpret the less clear passages. Yes. That's right. Um the analogy of faith. One one doctrine is not going to it's not going to contradict another doctrine. Right. Um, and and so the the sixteen eighty nine says that that the the uh, the things that must be known, believed, and obeyed for salvation are so clearly set forth and explained in one part of scripture or another that both the educated and the uneducated may achieve a sufficient understanding of them by properly using ordinary measures. So, um, reading reading it within sure. context, what what is what's the author getting at? Yeah, Um, just the grammar, the the literary structure, the just ordinary means of how do you read, right? Like if you can understand a newspaper, you can understand the clear things about salvation, yeah, um, in the scriptures.
0: Yeah, that's why you know you can tell someone who has never really read their Bible or maybe they've just become a Christian, yeah. um, Read the Gospel of John, (laughs) right? This past Thursday, I was able to share the Gospel with this uh, lady. And she's like, "Well, what do I read? I don't know what to." Read. I said, "Just you know, read the Gospel of John." Mm-hmm. And what's amazing about the Gospel of John is anybody can read that and understand it, right? Anybody, yeah. But it's got like layers and interconnected stuff with the Old Testament, and, and so
1: yeah, there's 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 difficult things in the Gospel of John. You can you know, but the the, the clear, I mean, but it's it's super clear. I mean, the difficult sections are. You know, there's, yeah. there's just there's just a few, but I mean, it's, it's not it's clearly set out. It's
0: clear, but not simple,
1: right? Because the more
0: you grow in the knowledge of the whole Bible, <laughs> right. the more stuff you see, right? Um, and it is. I mean, it's so clear, mm-hmm. and it's like that. Really, it's not the, the problem. Is not the clarity. The problem comes when um, the clarity collides with our flesh nature, right? Really, honestly, that's what it is.
1: Yeah, so I I went back to uh, to First Corinthians chapter two, um, to kind of you know unpack this a little bit. That the the reason why the world can't understand the things of God is because of sin. Mm-hmm. They're they're blinded to it. But we who the Spirit has empowered and and enabled, we can understand spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's clear. The the scriptures are clear on the things of salvation. What, what we we can say if someone says what what must I do to be saved? We can point to scripture and we can say it, it's very clear right here. It it tells us exactly what what uh, is necessary. But uh, like you said, it's our sin, our flesh gets in the way, mm-hmm. and we want to twist it to make it say something else. Right. And um, that, that's what these false teachers are doing. Yeah. But Peter is is saying and again the, the third the third subpoint is Peter and Paul are in agreement. Yeah, like they're not they're not against they're each the other. Same things. Paul Paul calls or Peter calls Paul a, our beloved brother. Mm-hmm. Now they they um, there are some who like to pit Peter and Paul against each other. They did have that controversy in Galatians chapter two, mm-hmm. um, but and we don't need to blow this out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently paul confronted peter over the way he was acting with gentiles mm-hmm. and peter repented <laughs> and and they right. and uh, so peter can call paul uh, our beloved brother and they're in agreement with the scriptures so they're not they're not against each other not they're not opposed to each other um yeah. same with same with paul and and james people like to pit them against each other right. as if as if you know paul is saying no works and james is saying yeah you got to have works right and you got to understand what they're they're writing about different things yeah that's right uh, and so the the fourth the fourth point is that paul paul's writings are considered to have the same authority as the old testament yeah
0: yeah so i'll just rehash them for those listening Four things he brought out about Paul that Peter brings out about Paul's writings. There are some things difficult to understand. Misinterpreting them is not acceptable. He and Paul are in agreement. And then fourth, he puts Paul's writings on par with the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he says that that um, the uh, the ignorant and unstable they twist to their own destruction. Paul's, Paul's writings, mm-hmm. just as they do the other scriptures. <laughs> yeah. And this word, the, the Greek word is graphy. hmm It's just writings. Yeah. And it's used 50 times in the New Testament, and it always refers to the Old Testament.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Peter is saying that the false teachers, the ignorant and unstable, they twist Paul's letters just like they like to twist the Old Testament. Mm-hmm
0: it's very insightful for developing you know a theology of scripture <clears throat> because you understand what the apostles you begin to to see what the apostles understood about themselves
1: right and this right.
0: is you know this ties into other things that we talked about with continuationism and what is an apostle mm-hmm. and when an apostle is speaking or when an apostle writes officially to an a church like this it appears that they do understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, not that this became scripture afterward mm-hmm. because the churches like were like, Hey, we've got to have something. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, it appears they understood their own authority. And it's very yeah. interesting that they, they usually were very humble about themselves. But
1: yeah, first first Thessalonians chapter two, verse thirteen, um, Paul commends the the Thessalonians for for receiving his word as what it is, the word of God. Mm-hmm. He he has a self-awareness that he's writing the words of God. Mm-hmm. Um Peter, back at the end of, of chapter one, he's he's saying that the that his testimony of of Christ has made the old testament even more sure. Right. He's 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 a witness to these the the fulfillment of these things. And so right. now you can trust the scripture even more. You can trust the old testament even more because of what I've said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have this, they, they have the, a self awareness that they've been given authority by Jesus to be his, his witnesses, to be those who bear testimony to him. And this, this goes back to Jesus' promises. <clears throat> you know, in, in John 14, mm-hmm. the, the Spirit's going to come and bring to remembrance the things I've said. Well, it's, it's not just so that they can think about them themselves, it's so right. that they can write them down yeah. and circulate them. Yeah. they they understand the authority that's been given to them.
0: Yeah, that was that was interesting to look in that whole section there, <clears throat> Jesus uh, preparing his disciples and, and and teaching on the Holy Spirit. He says, "I have many things, many more things to say to you, but you're not able to receive them now. But when the Helper comes, mm-hmm. right, and so you see a di- direct connection between the ministry of the Spirit and the words of Jesus. That there's not a disconnect, right? right. The Spirit. Gives them the words of Jesus afterward. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is still speaking to the apostles through the Spirit, yeah. and they then um, bring. The, he brings the Spirit, brings to remembrance all that Jesus had said and did. They write that down, in the Gospels. But then the other writings. The question is, what What are these other writings? And the other writings are the inspiration of the Spirit on how to apply the most critical event in all of human history. Which is the is the incarnation, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And then they give these epistles, which are how do we live yeah. until the second coming based off of Christ? Um, and they're
1: helping us to understand the Old Testament. yeah, like they' they' they're they have been witnesses to Christ's coming and to his life and death and resurrection and ascension. And they they've got the Old Testament scriptures. So they're they're taking the Old Testament scriptures, and in light of the fact that Christ has come, they're now helping us to understand them. Mm-hmm. And so what they're saying is the, it is the inspired interpretation of the Old Testament. Yeah. And so any any interpretation of the Old Testament that is contrary to what the apostles say is wrong. Yes. No matter how insightful you might think it is, it's right. wrong if it goes against the apostles because they're interpreting it. As the as the apostles as the sent ones from Christ.
0: Yeah, sometimes I'll read uh, <clears throat> commentaries. You, you got to be careful. You don't don't ever buy a whole commentary stack, yeah, right? Don't uh-huh. do that. Buy right. individual commentaries. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'll read one, and uh, of course, you know credentials. Uh-huh. You know, uh, stacked a mile high for this guy who writes these commentaries. Right, whoever it is, and he may have some super insightful things to say, and you're like, Pet. you know, that seems to like. Not be the the interpretation of yeah. the apostles. It's just uh, wasted paper. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like what it,
1: it, there there is a temptation to buy whole sets of commentaries because they look good on your shelf. Yeah, like it's it's not as nice looking to have a bunch of mismatched commentaries. Right. But do you want it to look good or do you want it to? Be right? <laughs> Do you right. want it to be correct? Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my, my preaching professor would always say, "Don't buy," because th- people would ask, you know, what what commentary series should would you recommend? He didn't really recommend a commentary series. He'd just recommend individual commentaries,
0: right? Because they have to have that interpret. They have to have that hermeneutical key, right? That the the New Testament, the apostles mm-hmm. are telling us, right, what the Old Testament is really about,
1: right. Because they're witnesses to the fulfillment of it. Yes, this, this is what the prophets were talking about. They were this. This is going back to First Peter chapter one. Mm-hmm. The 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 prophets, they they were eagerly looking forward to the 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 time that they that this would take place because they knew they weren't writing about their own time. They were writing about the time of the Christ, and they were writing for us, um, upon whom the end of the ages has come, and and uh, so. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so it's it's interesting that that uh, Peter he he puts Paul's writings again they're not they're not at odds with each other. Yeah, I mean, that's right. why why would he why would he write? Interesting. This is a sidebar. Maybe someone will be interested in this. I was reading Calvin on this, and he said that the way that that um, Peter is writing about Paul makes him wonder if Peter wrote this. Hmm. So so even Calvin had doubts that Peter actually wrote second peter mm. because of the way he's writing about paul um this is an instance where i think that calvin is wrong right um why why wouldn't peter write this about paul like, yeah. there's no, there's nothing in here that he's writing that would make me think uh eh, peter didn't really write this yeah like they 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 mutually acknowledge that they're apostles right <laughs> like there's there's nothing that like peter is not thinking oh yeah, that's strange. Paul's Paul's a little suspect here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, not sure if he's writing.
0: Everybody's got their little quirks. Like you can read, uh, yeah. you'll read Luther and you are like, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever read. Yeah. You know, a few pages later, you're like, <laughs> are you the same person? Yeah. Like what just happened?
1: Yeah. Cal- I, I mean, we. I, I love <laughs> Calvin. I, my, I, I find Calvin to be very helpful um, most of the time. Most of the time I can just read Calvin and be done. Right. Um, but, that doesn't mean that he's infallible, right? Um, and I, I think right here, and he doesn't say Peter didn't write this. He's just saying this. This makes me think that Peter didn't write it. Uh-huh. Um, and he still accepted it as as scripture. Like he didn't. He didn't boot Second Peter out. Yeah. Um. That's just a a little interesting note from Calvin. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't think that there's anything in here that would make me think that Peter didn't write this because of what he's saying about Paul. Right. I I think that
0: like they didn't reconcile afterwards. <laughs> right.
1: It was like like this is blowing this way out of proportion. Yeah. And uh Galatians the the event in Galatians seems to be pretty early mm-hmm. in in Paul's ministry. And now we're talking about probably 20 years later. Yeah. Um a lot happens in 20 years. It does. Right. Yeah. Uh they I I think they obviously reconcile. I, I think obviously Peter Knew that he was wrong in what he had done. Um, I mean, Paul was right <laughs> to call him out in that in that situation in in Galatians chapter two. But uh, t- he obviously recognizes that that Paul's writing scripture, right? And um, and he's he's using that against the false teachers. He said, "Don't don't listen to the way that these false teachers are twisting Paul. We're saying the same things. Yeah, that that's the whole point. Yeah." Okay, so there's two more main points.
0: All that was sub-structure, sub-points to point two, which here's the first two we've done. Number one, be diligent to be found without spot or blemish. Two, count the patience of our Lord as salvation, and then we just went through the, these four things about Paul's writings. And then now three, take care not to be carried away. Okay.
1: Yeah, so uh, again, going back to the false teachers, um, take care. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, knowing uh, that false teachers are going to arise within Mm -hmm. the church, that they're going to try to deceive people, they're going to scoff at the second coming of Christ, they're going to distort the scriptures. Since you know all this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is his. This is his primary concern: is the false teachers are are creeping into the church, unawares, and uh, they're leading people astray. Um, it seems from chapter two, they're especially leading new Christians away. Yeah, and uh, so so Peter is warning the church that this is going to happen, and he's doing it so that they will be on guard against it, lest they also lose their stability. Mm. and uh, and be swept away by these these false right. teachers yeah yeah
0: um, yeah and we've covered that at great length yeah. and the <clears throat> uh, the best way to ensure that that doesn't happen is to is to know is to know the Bible mm. right you ought to you ought to know your Bible in such a in such a way that when someone says something, and it's a little bit off. Like some, some you might be able, not even be able to know what is off about it, but something mm-hmm. like you know, I think the Holy Spirit triggers in your mind. Yeah, something's not right, and then you go, but you go, you go, yeah, let, let me check out this, and you're like, yeah, that's not right mm-hmm. because it doesn't match <laughs> right. with what God has already said.
1: Yeah, and um, the I I spent some time in this section, um, just talking to our church mm-hmm. directly. And asking, could this happen to our church? Is it possible that false teachers could arise in our church and draw people away? We've got a good church. I I will unapologetically say I, I think we've got the best church in Lawton. Um, not because of us, but because our our whole ministry philosophy is it's all about the word. Um, but if we if we just kind of Rest on that and just say, well, we, we've got it all figured out. This mm-hmm. could never happen. We're complete fools. Peter is writing this so that we will actively take take care, guard ourselves. Because if we become lazy and and um, comfortable, false teachings will, will pop up in this church mm-hmm. and it will cause irreparable damage. Right. Um, we we cannot and you know if, if there's people listening, they go to a strong, healthy church they've got good elders that preach um, expositionally from the scriptures um, they're they're solid and um they say well we're we're guarded against false teachers this will never happen yeah and I'll tell you how all, all it all it takes is a generation that's it all it it, it takes one generation to get lazy and complacent and not train our children, just kind of assume assume the gospel, assume right. these things, not teach our children you got to be careful because there's false teachers and it could happen in this church. It just takes one generation for us to, to die to be gone. Our children fall away. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. yeah within the span of, of 15 to 20 years, it could be radically different. Yeah. look at the history of Israel mm-hmm. look at the history of Israel Joshua and, and the generation that came into the land died another generation arose that that forgot God yeah that's all it takes
0: happens in the church a lot when uh, the men in the church stop being men honestly yeah like they uh they become they're they become passive yeah. so the church becomes filled with passive men mm-hmm. and then all that needs to happen honestly just one one like um Type A, yeah. Either man or woman, it honestly doesn't matter. Yeah. Type A man or woman pushes their way around, and you know,
1: someone with that money pushes the sheep around. Someone with the money, and and, yeah, I'll leave. Could could (laughs) be the,
0: yeah, could be the money, and and then the uh, men just sit there like Adam, yeah, and do nothing, and then it's infiltrated.
1: Yeah. So all, all it takes is for us to. Look at verse seventeen and say, We've we've done that. We don't it's not an ongoing thing. We've done it and just get lazy mm-hmm. and get comfortable. This will never happen here. This is ongoing. This is ongoing. Guard yourself. Um, you know, the cities they wouldn't set a watch at night one night and say, Well, we did that last night. Yeah, and nothing, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Like you, you set the watch every every single night, mm-hmm. right? You you constantly have guards on the walls so that um, the enemy never catches you off guard. He never catches you unawares, right? And there's a lot of churches, um, in, even in this area, that they just assume the gospel. They just assume that everyone is speaking the same language, so everyone has the same beliefs. Yeah. We, we all love jesus and um we need to we need to do better we've got to do better yeah um because Peter is describing these these false teachers like a flood like, take care lest you lose your stability that that word lose is translated in acts twenty seven of run aground mm-hmm. of being shipwrecked it's when paul is is uh it's the shipwreck um in acts twenty seven they they run aground they lose. And that's exactly what will happen to Christians if we don't take care. We'll 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 be tossed about by the waves of false teaching, and we'll be we'll be shipwrecked. Mm-hmm. We'll be we'll be we'll run aground.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, fourth, grow with growing the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Yeah. That's how it ends.
1: Yeah, and you've already you've already introduced this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you do it? You know how do you how do you take guard or take care? How do you guard against false teaching? How do you how do you do this? Well, it's by growing in grace and growing in knowledge. Mm -hmm. Those two things together are uh, what we have to do. And if we're doing that, if we're actively doing that, then all of these other things will just fall in line. Yeah. If you're growing in grace, so uh, the Christian life is is grounded. It's rooted in grace. It's it's foundational, but it's not just foundational. Everything that we do is, has got to be just saturated in grace. We've got to grow in it. Um, I, I think that the problem that we see in in so many Baptist churches is that grace is the entryway; it's just the gate to salvation, and everything else is tradition or yeah. you know it's whatever comfortable you know whatever we're comfortable with. The whole house is grace. The whole of Christian life is grace. Yeah. So we've got to grow in grace.
0: Yeah, I thought that was an interesting quote. I think I wrote it down. I don't know; was it was original to you or you heard it from someone else. Which one? Grace isn't just the gate. Grace is the whole house. That was me. Okay. I, I mean, like I'm that. sure.
1: I'm sure it was. I'm sure that. I mean, there's nothing original that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I heard it somewhere. Um, but I don't. I don't have like a quote. Okay. For that. Yeah. It's, it's 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 everything, mm-hmm. right? It's it's um, it's like uh, what is it um it's it's it Piper says something like that. like the gospel is not just the entry into Christianity. it's It's everything. Mm-hmm. You never outgrow the gospel. you You always have to have the gospel. and um it's not it's not walk an aisle, say a prayer, join the church, get baptized, and you're good to go. You need grace every single day. You need to be reminded of the gospel every single day. You pick up your cross and you follow Christ every single day, and you grow as you're looking to Christ. You're growing in grace.
0: Yeah, and yeah, uh, since we have a lot of young kids, I always like to bring out some application. You need to be teaching your children about grace. Mm. You can't you can't raise your children in a lawhouse, right? And expect them to grow up and to understand the gospel mm-hmm. and be Christians. Yeah, I'm not saying don't have any accountability, right, or ramifications when things are, go wrong. But every once in a while, when your kid deserves to get punished, don't punish them and say, I forgive you. If they're, if they're sorry, if they have remorse, right? Yeah. If they don't, I mean, maybe that's not the time. <laughs> right. But if they have real remorse and they know what they've done is wrong, yeah, don't drop more law on, on them, Yeah, you know, say, I forgive you, and I love you, and this is grace. Right. You deserve punishment, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you mercy. You're not going to get punishment. And not only that, I'm going to give you grace and take them up, hug them, kiss them, right. say, um, it's okay, let's move on. You know, We need to be teaching our kids that. Yeah. Um, and we need to be reminded of that uh, ourselves as well. Right. Every day. Practice it with your spouse. Uh, spouses should be practicing grace with each other and very forgiving mm-hmm. and let your children see that as well. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As you, uh, you know, if you're going to, how are you going to avoid immorality? How are you going to avoid the the false teaching? It's by looking to Christ. And the more you, the more you look at Christ, the more you love him and understand the grace that he has. Like we deserve, we deserve hell. Mm hmm. And the more that you understand that, the more you see that God has just lavished grace upon grace upon us. Um, you're going to love Jesus, and you're going to hate sin. You're you're going to. It's it's that greater love pushing out all the, all the lesser things, right? Um, that's 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 how you battle sin. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like you said with with just more law. I know I've got to do this. Um, it's uh, we've been talking about uh, pornography a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, because it's just so rampant in the church. And what do you? I mean, why are so many people stuck in this cycle of I know I'm not supposed to do it, <laughs> I did it, I feel guilty. You make this resolution, I'm never going to do it again, and you just you just you're just caught in this cycle. It's because it's all law. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're not supposed to look at pornography. Yes, it's a sin to um, to commit the, the sexual immorality. Um, but you're not going to you're not going to be set free from it with law. Right. You're going to be set free from it by grace.
0: You've got to replace it with something else, right? Right. So if the desire comes, mm-hmm. the tactic that I always tell to to Drake, right? Yeah is uh, not just with like a, with pornography, but with actual girls right there are aggressive girls in the world mm-hmm. is run. yeah, right. You're not strong enough. What you need to do is flee mm-hmm. but not just flee, you need to run to something else. Right. So you, if the desire this whatever comes up, don't just try to give it you know the stiff arm and, and battle with all your might. Right. Run away mm-hmm. and do something else. Yeah. like go grab your Bible. Um, and start reading your Bible. Mm -hmm. Go buy some other person and talk about the gospel. You got to do something else. You got to, you got to start to replace that desire and start to feed it. uh, Feed, replace that desire with some other desire. Yeah. Um. I'm. You. You've been studying counseling and stuff, so I'm sure you probably have better practical things than that that you've read about. But that's kind of
1: no. I mean, it's 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 really super simple. Like, there's nothing. There's no trick to it, you, uh, you, it's it's put off, put on. That's that's Paul's language. Okay, you, you put off sexual immorality, but if you just put off something and you you just nature abhors a vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. So does the human heart. <laughs> you you put off sexual immorality, and you don't replace it with something, it's just going to come back in. Yeah. Um that's that's Jesus's teaching about the about Israel. Yeah, you know if, if a, a you know, a demon is cast out of a person, and he doesn't replace it with something else. The demon comes back with what seven others, yeah, and yeah. the the last they find it, it's all swept up. He's he's made his resolution to clean himself up, to get his act together. Oh, the house is all in yeah. order. So here, there's more room for you know for more of us. Yeah, um, that's the state of Israel when they they try to keep the law and be righteous apart from Christ. Mm. Um, they don't replace it with they they don't fill they don't fill it with what it's meant to be filled with with Jesus um that that's the same way with with Christians we put off the the sin but then we are renewed in our minds so mm-hmm. there's there's a, a middle step there's three steps you put off you're renewed in your mind where how do you how are you renewed in your mind it's with scriptures right and then you put on the scriptures tell you what what to do you you put on Self control, right? That's right. But it's not self control that's based in your own willpower. It's self control because your mind has been renewed through the gospel. <laughs> right now, yeah, you yeah. love Jesus, and so instead of sexual immorality, you're pursuing self control. Yeah, um, you're you're supplementing your faith, mm-hmm. um, and that it's not it's not easy, but it's not complex. It's it's super simple.
0: It would it would be. Impossible if we didn't have the Holy Spirit. That's right. We need. We need to not forget that we have
1: yeah. the Spirit
0: of God dwelling in us. You go.
1: You go back to the beginning of Second Peter. These these two verses are, I think, the most powerful verses in the entire letter. Okay. That His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain yeah. to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. So through the knowledge, we're, mm-hmm. we'll get to that in just a second, right? Uh, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. That, yep. that, is, that is the sum of Christian life right there. Yeah, there it is. Um, he has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You, you have everything in the gospel. God's grace gives you everything so that you can live a life that's, that's pleasing to him. Yeah. and it's through the knowledge of Christ you get the knowledge of Christ through the bible and uh you you read about his precious and very great promises so that through these these all of these things that we have you can escape the world you can escape the the corruption of the world through its sinful desires that that is the whole of of the christian life yeah um, you have everything you need grow in it yeah that's right god has given you everything now just just throw yourself into it and just grow in it. Yeah, yeah. And you'll find all the grace that you need, and um, it, it just keeps growing. You'll you'll never you'll never hit the bottom of God's grace. That's right, right. Um, and so we're supposed to grow in grace. We're supposed to grow in knowledge, in knowledge and we grow right. in the knowledge of Christ through the Scriptures. Yeah. Um, and and uh, knowledge is just all over this letter. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to we we have knowledge of Christ. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to supplement our faith with knowledge. Um, the the um, the condemnation of the false teachers in chapter two is that it would have been better if they'd never have known. Yeah. Than to have known it and then abandon it. It's all over the place, and the source of this knowledge is found in the scriptures. The end of chapter one is all about the scriptures. Chapter three, uh, verses one and two is is all about the scriptures. Uh, He talks about Paul and the and the other scriptures. Um, He he knows that the the place where you get this knowledge is found in the scriptures. Right. So when you when you are faced with false teaching, like you said, where do you go? How do how do you know? How how do you escape false teaching? Well, how does it line up with the scriptures? Right. Um, And uh, if you don't know your Bible, you are gonna have a real hard time. Distinguishing true and false teaching. Mm-hmm. How are you going to know what the Bible says? Yeah. How, how are you going to know what's true? Yeah. How how are you going to know how to answer these people when you you come into contact with them? Um, you have to grow in the you have to grow in the Bible. There there is there is rampant anti intellectualism. Oh yeah. In the evangelical church. Big this, time. This whole doctrine divides. Um, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does divide. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of what does
0: this text mean to you? Uh-huh. How does this? how how's god all emotions how's god speaking mysticism to, yeah how's god speaking to you through this passage right i
1: um, uh, i i said in the sermon when i when i announced to my church that i was going to seminary there were some people that scoffed at me you, know, what are you going to seminary for yeah as if we we expect our doctors to go to what 7 years of medical school yeah and to go through residency and and uh we expect that our mechanics are going to know how to fix our car. Um, you you don't go to these people who are untrained, right? You know you don't go to people that uh, you know. I just I've just always had a fascination with the human body, and I just thought I'd give it a shot, right? <laughs> Here, sign me up, experiment on me. Like you don't do that, yeah. But for some reason, Christians are okay with pastors that have no training.
0: Yes. Um, there's probably a lot of cultural things in America that played into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably the rise of continuationism. But there was a time in, in our nation's history where an, an officer in the military was looked at with the highest prestige, along with lawyers, mm-hmm. doctors, and guess who else? Pastors. Pastors. Mm-hmm. Those days are gone. Yeah. Yep. And so um, I think you know it'd be interesting to to have someone write a book on it. I'm not going to do it, but <laughs> how we got how we got how we got here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. I think it probably
1: you can you know how people always blame Constantine. Yeah, I think we can blame the Second Great Awakening. Yeah, prop Yeah, and yeah. and blame kind of the frontier. The frontier mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this isn't to say that you have to go to seminary. Right. Uh, I don't think you have to go to seminary. Spurgeon didn't go to seminary. Right. Um, but if you're listening, I just want to tell you, you ain't Spurgeon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Spurgeon is one in a million. Uh, he was he was brilliant. Um, but you don't have to go to seminary, but you do need to be trained. Right. Now that, that doesn't that doesn't mean it has to be a formal education. You need to latch onto a mature pastor and you need to be trained by him, yeah. I'm pretty sure, sure Spurgeon could also read Greek, Hebrew and Latin. So sure. just to, I'm pretty sure he had a photograph, photographic yeah. memory. he yeah. He sounds a lot like Albert Moeller. Mm-hmm. Albert Moeller reads like a book a day, yeah um and can remember and that's what, and Spurgeon, that's what Spurgeon, Spurgeon could do. Yeah. yeah, he he could just remember everything that he read. Um, you're you're not Spurgeon. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't you can't you can't uh, you can't just put a sermon together the morning of. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can't you can't just be uh, preaching in your dreams and your wife writes it down and you go and preach it the next. day.
0: <laughs> That's why you know this is. It's important. Uh, this is not just for pastors, right? To grow in knowledge for everyone. Yeah. Um, you should be have a plan to grow every year on your own, um, but the Christian life just isn't on your own either. That's right. why it's super important for you to be part of a, of a church that is, the the whole thing grows out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And the only way you really know that is through what, uh, the preaching, honestly. Right. You can judge a church, what the church is like, based on the preaching. Is it expositional? Is it doctrinally sound? Mm-hmm. Is it more than um, just straight lecture series, you know? So, uh, and this is one of the things I'm preparing, you know, Drake for, is in a couple of years you're going, to, you're going to be out on your own, so how do you find a church? And so, you know, as we're traveling this summer, like
1: this weekend he'll have... Just an whatever a, says Baptist in the title, Drake.
0: Right. <laughs> so this weekend he'll have an assignment. We'll be in Joplin this weekend. Okay. Um, so this week he will be looking online to find churches, and he uh, he has the assignment to listen to two sermons and pick a church for us to go to on Sunday. And and I've told him, I don't care what else the church has. It may look awesome. It's the preaching mm-hmm. where you can judge what the church is like. Right. And uh, we need to be under it. If, <clears throat> if you and I, if God took us out of our ministry positions, however he wanted to, because he can do that, um, we would have to go somewhere where we could be under right the preaching of the word mm-hmm. it's so it's vitally important yep um you know it, it just it just it just is yeah you're like your pastor <clears throat> it's more and this isn't just me, like me building up the preachers mm-hmm. it's a very humbling thing to think about yeah it should really humble you if you are a preacher and you're listening that you become an instrument like you become the scalpel that God wields. You're, you'll either be the scalpel that he wields or you're the hammer. You become an instrument in the hands of God to care for his people. And if you don't view yourself like that, it's probably time to get out. Yeah. That should really humble you before you you get up in the pulpit. Right. Um, and should probably cause you to pray and to study, to study really hard. Yeah. I don't understand these guys that are like, you ever hear these guys? I don't know what I was going to preach this week, so this morning I uh <laughs> I just felt God laid something on my heart. I'm or like, uh, or the
1: guy that says, "Well, I you know, I I had intended to bring this sermon, but you know, I just feel like God's laid this on my heart." Yeah, right. Like just toss out the whole week of preparation to just go at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, good stuff, George. That's the end of the, That's the end of the book. Of the know, book. Awesome. You know. Yeah, We're...
1: I was. Um, you know, the uh, one of the goals is you want the people to understand the book mm-hmm. better by the time that they're done, and so I, I hope that our church understands Second Peter better. I know I do. I I know that whatever whatever the church I told the community group on Sunday whatever you guys got out of it I probably got twice as much out of it because there's just stuff that that um, you can't you just don't have time to present to uh, yeah to the church there's there's things that are there that like, this is interesting but it doesn't fit into the sermon mm-hmm. um, so but I hope that the I hope that the church. Has grown. I know they through have. Second Peter. Yeah,
0: I know they have. I know. I know more now, as well about this book as. And, and
1: it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not just so to fill your head. It's so that we'll live a certain way. Um, hopefully, the church is thinking about the second coming more, and how we're supposed to live in light of the second coming.
0: Very good. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. Text driven Tuesday. Finished up another book. Thank you, George lot to uh lot to think about go back and read the book again i'd encourage you to do that think about these great themes hopefully as you've listened it's helped you to grow um, and hopefully you feel better prepared to face the world and you're anticipating the return of christ come back for our uh free for all friday i don't know what we'll do but i know that uh it's gonna be fun we have fun on free for all friday so if this is beneficial to you please like subscribe share And it's our hope as always, this helps you to be conformed to Christ.